This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Stephen Pham is creative producer of Sweatshop, an organisation that empowers culturally and linguistically diverse communities through literacy. We're so pleased that Stephen has joined us in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Sam and Duncan. How you doing, mate? Good, uh, thanks. Mate, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, upbringing in Cabramatta and how you discovered your love for writing? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in Cabramatta, which is in the western suburbs of Sydney, in the 90s when it was sort of like most infamous as uh, the heroin capital of Australia. It's really hard not to like sensationalize that and be like, oh, I'm a hard hitting gangster <laughs> and here is my message for all the young ones today. Hmm. No, I was a kid. I was like, I was like seven years old. And so, um, for me, my interest in storytelling came through uh, when I sort of started going to university because I'd spent my primary and high school years of my life just within the western suburbs of Sydney. And then I went to a university in Sydney's east. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, like, I realized that I was surrounded by people who were not like me at all in so many different ways. I realized how literally, you know... It was that I was an ethnic minority for the first time when actually, like, pretty much until that point in my life, I'd been surrounded by people who looked like me, talked like me, and knew what I was about. And Mm. so I found myself having to explain myself and, you know, my sort of, like, uh, mannerisms and my perspectives and things to people. I literally just had to, like, tell my story over and over and over. Yeah, I guess that's sort of, like... One way that I found storytelling as a way of, you know, uh, being, more or less. Mm, mm. Yeah. So you're like, hey, just read this and you'll get an understanding of who um, I am. More or less. It was, (laughs) oh my gosh, if I was was famous, I would just be like, here's my Wikipedia page. But I'm not, you know? So for you, writing is something that's important to you. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, I think in a way, it sounds like it's not generally in the community that you grew up, a Mm. big thing. Mm. So, did you feel like the odd one out in that way? It's not that storytelling didn't exist Mm -hmm. within uh, my communities in Western Sydney. It's just that when I found myself surrounded by people who were not like me, I had to tell different stories about myself. Whereas in Cabramatta, I can just tell stories where we all work off the assumption that we share the same experiences or in other words, that we're normal. You know, mm. we can tell stories from this understanding that we are normal and that we don't have anything to explain. We just have to entertain each other. Whereas when I was in university and beyond university, I found myself having to explain myself, why I am the way I am, even how I am the way I am. It's just a different way of telling stories. Um yeah, I, I think if you're not like I was thinking about this in terms of lit- literary content, unless you think about it, you wouldn't realize that there's such a significant bias to white Western men. Mm. You know, like if you if you weren't looking for it, you would go, "Oh no, these these all these books are great." But when you delve into it, you go, "They're predominantly Western mm. Western writers writing mm. from a re- Western perspective." Mm. And uh, the vast majority of them, for a long time, mm. were dudes. Mm. 
Yeah. And so I, I would imagine coming from a completely different context. Mm. You know, like Sam and I go to Cabramatta for, for fur because mm-hmm. it's delicious out that way. Mm. And it's a bit of a cultural experience for us. But for you, you grew up in that. You're like, no, mate, this is my home. Mm. And then stepping into a world of writing, suddenly you're like, oh, hold on, no, there's different perspectives and there's different voices and there's different narratives. How do they play out for you in writing? Yeah, um, I mean, maybe not so much in methods, but there are small things like the language that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, in my work as a creative producer at Sweatshop Western Sydney Literacy Movement, I um, facilitate writing workshops alongside uh, Winnie Dunn, who's this uh, excellent upcoming uh, Tongan Australian writer. So we were holding these workshops at schools in Western Sydney and one of the students wrote the story where he broke his arm because he fell down and in his story he wrote that he was bleeding like a horse. And I read that and I was like, what do you mean? But another part of me was like, I know exactly what you mean. And then I was like, this is so weird. Why do I know exactly what you mean? I've never seen a horse and I've never seen a horse bleed. So it was just like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he comes from, uh, that student came from a sort of Serbian Australian background, uh, specifically Serbian Australian, uh, migrant. I think he might be considered generation 1.5, which is to say that he was born in Serbia, but is growing up in Australia. And so, you know, just little things like, the little turns of phrase that we use and take for granted in our quote-unquote normal everyday contexts, when you remove it from the context, it's really interesting. It's like inherently interesting and it comes through either translation or just like living in Western Sydney, like coming through contact with people from other backgrounds, even from the level of words and sentences it's inherently interesting to me, um, Mm. these diverse perspectives. Mm. So let's talk about Sweatshop. Mm. Um, How did it come about and what are the goals of Sweatshop? What's it doing? So Sweatshop was founded in 2014, uh, I think in partnership with Western Sydney University Writing and Society Research Centre. Basically what we aim to do is to empower culturally and linguistically diverse perspectives through literacy, but in a very practical, tangible sense, what we're trying to do is reapproach this idea of literacy. It's not about teaching kids to read, and it's not about teaching, you know, quote-unquote ethnics, you know, how to, like, write books. It's more than that. On an everyday basis, we encounter so much text, so many words, so many images. And so reading is not just confined to holding yourself up in a corner in the library and opening a giant novel. It's scrolling on Instagram or Facebook and seeing fake news or like, you know, things about like outbreaks and uh, uh, scams and things like that. And like trying to understand what is behind this, that these are all sort of constructs. And in the words of founder... Michael Muhammad Ahmed, you know, like literacy isn't about putting words together. It's about pulling them apart and finding what is underneath. Hmm. And so that's our approach to literacy. And we hold workshops and masterclasses that train people to see the world in these ways to 
question things that they take for granted and encounter on an everyday basis. Let's talk about those workshops and masterclasses. Can you tell us about some of the exciting things that you've seen there happen as a result of those classes? I'm not personally involved in this, but last year saw the launch of um, Sweatshop Women, Volume 1, and that was edited and produced and written entirely by women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. And it's the first anthology of writing, to my knowledge, in Australia that actually is written, edited and produced entirely by women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. So, you know, like that's exciting in itself. And the fact that it's selling so much right now and has been critically acclaimed, like I think that speaks to the hunger for these stories and perspectives that have been overlooked. Mm. And I don't want to say that in a hostile way, but it's just, you know, uh, for people from immigrant, migrant, uh, refugee, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander backgrounds, careers in the arts can be quite Mm -hmm. uh, difficult to access just because, you know, uh, a lot of, as far as I know, Arts and media jobs require, like, so many hours of unpaid internships. And after that unpaid internship, you work in the mailroom for three years, and then you get to, like, look through a manuscript, maybe, you know, if you're not burnt out by then. And Sam, is like, this your job history right here? Uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. it's, but, like, you know, on a very tangible, like, monetary level, it's not viable. And so... Mm. What's really exciting to me is opening these career paths for people from Western Sydney to look at writing as a serious career option. What I kind of hear in this too, like I imagine that, for an example, that that book about women by women, Mm. I imagine there must be also an excitement in having your story told as well. Not just having that opportunity that comes with it, but just sharing your own story and having it read when you come from all these different backgrounds. Yeah. I think for me personally, this is not like an official guidelines approach to storytelling or whatever from sweatshop. But for me, I just think storytelling is just something that we always do, whether it's to relay information or to entertain other people. And I think it's really about fostering community, seeking understanding Hmm. You know, like, not all storytelling is literature. Not all storytelling has to be literature. Mm-hmm. But Sweatshop Women Volume 1 is, I mean, obviously it would be literature even if I didn't think so. But, like, <laughs> it's a very serious sort of, like, I guess dramatic gesture of being like, hey, we're here and these are the stories we're telling. And they're not just novelties. It's serious, capital L, literature. And it's taking itself seriously and it demands that you take it seriously. And I think there's... Something really valuable in that. Mm. Well, it's um, it's like putting a, a signpost, I guess, in culture and saying this is what we've achieved. Mm. You know, this is a really significant, special moment in history. Mm. And then mm. what, I think one of the things that um, that we saw written on Sweatshop was um, literacy is fundamental to social change. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's like a marker for that. You go, hey, here's a step forward for social change. Mm. Um, can you share a little bit more, I guess, about how Sweatshop um, impacts uh, communities in Western Sydney in particular? I think that one of the really great examples of how Sweatshop has made a meaningful change for people 
in Western Sydney. Um, besides, you know, like, as an aside, you know, literature is, and education in general mm-hmm. is really hard work because the change is so gradual and it kind of just looks like you're doing nothing most of the time, except mm. for maybe like writing some pretty or confronting stories or like sharing some facts and stuff. Um, yeah, that's one of the challenges to be like, what do you actually do? And it's really hard to point to something and be like, this is what we do. That said, you know, like the career of uh, Winnie Dunn, the general manager at Sweatshop is... Probably one of the greatest success stories of sweatshop so far in terms of, you know, she comes from Mount Druitt and she's from a Tongan Australian background and there aren't all that many Pacifica Australian writers at all. Actually, as far as we know, she's the first, like as in the first Tongan writer in Australia, the first Pacifica Australian writer. And so that's already a huge sort of success. But what she actually does is challenge the narratives of Pacifica Australians that have been presented so far. So we've talked about, you know, how literature has, like Duncan mentioned, how literature has been dominated by, you know, predominantly like uh, old, dead white men. Yep. But in contemporary society, you know, like, I don't know if people are reading as many novels. I don't know if novels have as big of an impact, but stories still do. And so one of the main, one of the most prominent stories of Tongan Australians has been from uh, this white Australian comedian, Chris Lilly, Mm -hmm. in Summer Heights High. He has a sort of... Jonah. Yeah, Jonah from Tonga. Yeah. Yeah, the character Jonah from Tonga, who represents Tongan Australians as uneducated, uh, sort of juvenile children. And it's not only the story that he tells, it's the way that he tells it. And he tells it by donning blackface, painting his skin black and wearing an afro. And so for that to be the main story of Tongan Australians... Mm. Mm. Not even the main story, the the only story of Tongan Australians in mainstream sort of media is really shocking and it really makes you question, you know, what kind of society would permit this? Hmm. And so that's what Winnie Dunn has done so far. She's really challenged this through sort of writing essays and empowering the communities her communities, her respective communities, to be like, hey, no, this is messed up. Yeah. You know? I'd love to ask you as we kind of wrap up, Stephen, what gets you so excited about what you do with Sweatshop? I think my favourite thing... Well, there's so many things that I love about Sweatshop, but primarily, at the end of the day, we are creating uh, literary cultures in Western Sydney, across Western Sydney, And there's a lot to be said about that, but we're also just creating like a community of people who just want to talk about stuff and engage with things on a deeper level, you know? Um, And so there's so much joy for me in taking things seriously, but not like an academic because we immediately switch to talking about, you know, like bowel movements or whatever. And it's just like, it's just so quintessentially Western Sydney to me to be able to engage with things really seriously and then switch it up and then 
you know, actually be quite relaxed and then switch it up and go back to being serious and finding so much joy and community and warmth in that, as well as just like knowing that I can make a living out of stories, Mm. out of sharing stories, out of helping people realize what stories they already carry within them. And yeah, seeing that to fruition. Well, Stephen, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.